This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. You're listening to the West End Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West End Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and the XWHU employee. The football season is back and we sadly reflect on an opening day defeat preview the Forest game, talk about a mysterious beneficial hacker and some general predictions for the season ahead before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Ham Way. X, it was always going to be tough against the Premier League champions, but did you expect more? Uh, that's a tricky question, that, actually. Um, I thought we would lose. I, I, I did, especially when I heard the team. Um, I, I thought we would lose that game. I thought it would probably play out the way it did, but I did expect us to have a bit more chances and a bit more fight, I thought, um, you know, other, other than the first maybe two, three minutes, and then a spell of about five to ten minutes in the second half. Man City totally dominated, which is understandable because they are like, you know, world class and probably going to win the league this year, if not walk the league this year. Uh, their ball retention and their ball possession and use of the ball is superb. Now they've got a world class striker as well, which they lacked last year. So I think. I think I think most teams are going to get beaten and maybe beaten by more by them. But still, first game of the season, team that finished, you know, in the Conference League last year, semi-finals of the Europa League. I, thought, I kind of expect a bit more fight. I think. Yeah, and I think the word "expect" plays a big part, doesn't it? Because it's managing your own expectations. Like you, I did think we'd lose the game, and look, we're going to lose games, and I can accept losing games as long as you give a hundred and ten percent. 
to be honest, X, I don't think we were allowed to give 110%. Uh, that's the and thing, yeah. I don't want to oversimplify the game now, but I think West Ham are a good side. I really do think West Ham are a good side, but I think Man City are a great side. So simplifying it, a great side is always going to be a good side if they're playing on top of their game. It's as simple as that. And that is what happened. I thought Man City were absolutely brilliant. I mean, like you say, their ball retention was just incredible. Um, I think it was after 10 minutes, we'd had eight successful passes to their 65. And by half time, we'd had 40 successful passes to their 340. (laughs) I didn't even Um, know those figures, but that just sums up exactly what I was saying. (laughs) I mean, it it made it a painful watch for West Ham fans because it it actually made it boring. You know, it wasn't... There wasn't much to look at um, and it's hard to kind of look at individual analysis. But I think what I'm trying to say is when you get a team of Man City's quality and you lose the game because they've played so well, you've just got to swallow it. I mean, we can all moan about losing on the opening day, but we didn't get dominated like that against Newcastle or Bournemouth or Southampton. This was one of the greatest teams on the planet. And like you say, they've added Haaland to their armoury now. I just don't think there's any stopping them. I think they're going to be a steam train this season. Um, and, you know, it wasn't um, a great start to the day either, was it? I mean, I, I found out from you very early on that Dawson wasn't going to be playing and Ben Johnson was coming in. Um, what did you think of his performance? Uh, I thought he did okay. Um, you know, like I said, he's going against a world-class striker in Haaland. I mean, you know, I think it's now the new generation of world-class players. People talk about, you know, Ronaldo and um, Messi and stuff, but it's now they're sort of coming towards the end. The new generation of world-class players are like Mbappe and Haaland. And Haaland is in that bracket. 100% he is world-class. You can see by the, the way he took his second goal, just the pace, the timing of the run, the finish, you know, the way he brought the penalty as well um, and I think I think that was just the thing Ben Johnson up against him um, I think he did a decent job I wouldn't say he was terrible I wouldn't say he was amazing either but I think he kind of like every other player really bar maybe one or two I thought he I thought he did okay there you know and I guess against guess a weaker opposition he's shown that he could actually play there if needed yeah yeah I thought we did okay and once again showed his versatility you're absolutely right um, I mean, fucking hell, talk about framing at the deep end. You know, opening game of the season, you're coming in out of position against the Premier League champions. Oh, and by the way, Haaland's making his debut. Um, yeah. But one thing I love about Ben is that he's always been so composed. I, I just don't think he feels any pressure. You know, he always plays with a smile on his face, never looks panicked. Um, I think his debut for West Ham was against Man City from memory, actually. Yeah. And he played really well in that game. So I like Ben. I think he's um, he's got a lot of potential. Um but that was tough for him. One thing I didn't know is, uh, again, something you told me, is that apparently the England youth coach actually fancies him more as a centre-half than a fullback, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's came out a couple of times and said that he's, uh, he sees him as a centre-back long-term. And I mean, you know, maybe that is the right position for him. He's got, you know, he's a, he's not the tallest centre-back, but he, he's he's not short. He can do well in the A strong, uh, a bit more experience and reading of the game. He's got a bit of pace, you know, maybe he could play centre-back. I mean, obviously it's impossible to judge of, against Manchester City and against Haaland, but he didn't do terrible. I thought him and Zuma were okay together. I mean, as I say, it, it, it's not the easiest to judge, but I think they didn't do anything terribly wrong. There's a couple of times I thought Zuma was was quite solid. Um, so yeah, I think there's probably potential there. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I, I wouldn't 
I'd be happy if, if Moyes comes out and says, right, we're not going to sign another centre-back, we're going to keep with Johnson there. I, I think we need to sign at least one more centre-back. But, you know, long-term, maybe that is a position for him. Mm. I was surprised to see Fabianski start over Areola. Were you? No, I thought that really? was what, Yeah, I mean, not that I agree with that decision. Uh, I think I would have started Ariola myself. However, I, I, you can tell that Moyes was going to put Fabianski in because he started the last friendly against Lons. There's been no indication that he was going to gonna be dropped um, from being the first team keeper at the start of this season. So I, I kind of expected it. I mean, in one of my fantasy football teams, not that you'd care about this, I brought in, <laughs> I brought in Fabianski and not Ariola because I, I, I pretty much expected that would happen. I'm not saying that's going to be the, the case the rest of the season. I'm not saying that Fabianski is going to be number one goalkeeper in the league and Ariola is going to be the cup keeper like last year. I do think Ariola will eventually succeed Fabianski, but I did always think he was going to start the season, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't. I actually thought Ariola signing for West Ham on a permanent basis with a lot of other options really would have sat down at that table and said, well, I will sign on a permanent, but from day one, I'm your number one. Um, and with Fabianski signing a year extension, I thought really he was going to sign that extension as a number two. So that did surprise me, actually. And and you say that you don't agree with that. You would start Ariola over, over Fab from I day think one. So. I think so now. I mean, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, you look at the Man City game, Fabianski had a clean sheet. Up until he went off, and was actually playing quite well. Yeah, you know, yeah. See, Ariola conceded the penalty. Um, so you, you can't base it on one game. But I think long term, you know, Fabianski's 36, Ariola's 29, you know, Fabianski I've had question marks over for a couple of seasons now I don't think he's a bad keeper I think he's a very good keeper and I'd be I think he'd be a very good number two keeper but I'm not sure in my opinion whether he's consistent enough for a top six Premier League team now he was he was a few years ago but now I don't think he is and I think Areola offers slightly more I think he's better at crosses I think his distribution's a bit better his shot stopping's a bit better so arguably I would uh, I think it's close but for me I think Areola would just edge it but you know it's not clear I understand Moyes going with Fabianski but if, if it was me they'd pick that team for Man City. I would have gone with Areola, Areola to start with, yeah. Mm, I would have, actually. Uh, the fans were given a bit of a lift when Skamaka came on. It's hard to judge because I don't think anyone in the team had any chance really to express themselves in that game. It was difficult. But what did you make of the big man's performance for the minutes that he had? I thought he did well, you know, I thought he, mm. he came on, he won a few headers quite well, I thought he held the ball up well, showed some nice touches, made a couple of runs, tracked back quite well on a, a number of occasions, seemed like he's prepared to work for the team, which, you know, <clears throat> I mean, it's a stereotype, but whenever you bring in a, a forward from from abroad that's played in the league that doesn't perhaps play in the same way as um, the Premier League, so I'm talking like the likes of Allaire or Simeone, Saza, forwards like like that you kind of think oh gosh are they going to be the right fit for this league but you know again it's, it's you can't judge an opinion on 30 40 minutes whatever it was but he um in that time i thought he did he did enough to give me confidence that he's going to do well for us yeah yeah he definitely showed signs of quality didn't he um yeah. i've just got a real good feeling about him him and aguerd especially from our signings I've really got a good feeling about them and uh, I hope I'm right because I think they could really add some value to West Ham. And it is just nice though, X, isn't it? To be able to have a striker that can come on <laughs> for Antonio or yes. Antonio to come on for Scamica. It's just so nice to see that option available for once, isn't it? 
yeah, 100%, mate, 100%. And, you know, he um, he is just uh, gives us a, a different um, style to Antonio as well. You know, Antonio's sort of pace, and I say that, I think his pace is fading a little bit, but pace, power, sort of like running it forwards, um, that sort of style, where Scamacca's obviously six foot five, and whilst I, I'd imagine he can do that as well, a lot of his attacking play is going to be through physique and through headers and, and things like that, although I know he doesn't actually score that many goals through headers, but you know what I mean, like it's a different mm. physique to Antonio, so um, I think I think it's going to be worth um, worth uh, holding good hopes for with him, definitely. Yeah, and it also gives us the option to go two up front as well. That's something that we've uh, struggled to implement in terms of our game management. As and when you need to or you're chasing a game or it's the last 10 minutes, then you can play two up front. So um, I, I just I just think it's so nice to have that other striking option. I just hope that he hits the ground running because um, I think he could be a fan's favourite if he does. Forrest away next up. An interesting one, that. Are you confident? Um... I don't know, mate. It's really hard to judge at this stage it of the is, season. It is. You know, it's hard, like, especially when we played Man City, and you know, we don't know which players are going to be available. We might sign a couple of players by then. Obviously, Cornet will be available um, to play, which he wasn't at the weekend. Um, and then you've got. Uh, um, you've got you know him. You've got Scamacca might be fit to play. You've got all you've got different alternatives to what played against Manchester City, and obviously you're playing completely t- two different contrasts of teams. You have got Manchester City, who are like the champions, uh, um, and are absolutely unbelievable. And then you've got um, you've got Nottingham Forest, who have just been promoted. Um, so it's hard to tell. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to actually decide. I think we I think we'll have more of a chance against them than against City. Obviously, they they lost to New castle in their first game so that's good in a way that they haven't started the season on a, on a plus as a newly promoted side i don't think they played very well by all accounts um i think lingard especially was non-existent so hopefully they're not going to be as good as you know they, they a newly promoted team could often be at the start they've got a lot of new signings so obviously they're going to take a while to settle as well um i'd be disappointed if we lost that game if we got a draw i'd take it but um because obviously it's their first season um back in the premier league their first home game since they got promoted typically we we get that opportunity as we always seem to draw the the games you don't want um, at the start of the season but i would be disappointed if we lost that game yeah and it is a really hard one to call it doesn't help that it's away I'd rather have played yeah. them at home in the second game of the season because it's going to be electric. They've been away from the, the top flight for so long now. I think that's going to be one hell of an atmosphere they're going to generate. So we've got to work very quickly to nullify that, I think. You know, possession play, let the fans get bored, maybe a little bit frustrated, try and take an early lead. I think that's got to be part of the game plan. I think you're spot on in terms of the amount of signings they've made. Um, they are in a bit of a rebuilding process and that does take time because they have added a lot of names. And you'd like to think maybe their confidence has taken a little bit of a knock after what was a really poor performance at the weekend. So I think it's going to be close, but I think we're going to nick it. Like you, would it be the end of the world if we had a draw? No, because we get a point on the board. But I would expect us to win that game, even though I do think it's going to be close. Um, but the computer hasn't been nice to us again, really, is it, at the start of the season? And I can't remember the last time the computer was, to be honest. Can you? 
No, not really. I mean, Newcastle, I guess, last season perhaps wasn't the hardest of draws, certainly not the easiest mm. of draws, but perhaps last season was the only one prior to yeah, that. We seem to have had like Man City, we've had Man United, you know, we, we had Arsenal, we've had all, uh, Tottenham, we've had all, all difficult games, haven't we? So, so mm. yeah, I um, I think um, I think it's, it seems to always do that to us. The good thing is, the first game of the season, you can, like, it's a lot of teams lose that, that you know, you, you don't get the results you'd expect them to get. So Manchester United, you know, it's hard to again hard to predict Manchester United, but losing to Brighton, you probably wouldn't have expected that. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool to draw at Fulham further on in the season, you probably wouldn't expect that either. So the fact that we've had our kind of first game of the season lottery game as such against the team you're probably going to lose against at any point in the season um, is probably not necessarily a bad thing. Again. Forest is not easy, but I, I I think the fact they lost against Newcastle is a is a good thing. Had they beaten Newcastle, I'd be more worried about this fixture. Mm. Um, but I think them having and, and having played badly as well, I think should should mean that we can go into that game with some confidence, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's great to have the season back. It's great to have the pre-match events back, and it's great to have the Premier League predictions competition back. No, and it's not. Uh, <laughs> and for those who are wondering. <laughs> Who's in front after week one? Let me tell you, it's business as usual. With me taking the lead over my old mate, after the first week, I'm on 116 points and X is on 88. Now, since we've been playing this competition and since I've been beating him every single season, I've heard some excuses from him. So have you, right? But fuck me, you won't believe the latest one. It's also an excuse with a twist, by the way. Try and get your heads around this. So X... Explain the strange happenings around your account at the weekend. Okay, so... Listen to this one, everyone. This is a fucking corker, this one. (laughs) But the thing is, mate, I could have have just said that that's what happened and left it at that, but I admitted it. (laughs) But I admitted, being the good sportsman that I am, that actually helped me. So, anyway... This is mental, by the way. What uh, he's about to tell you is mental. Go on. So, I I checked... I'd put the results in in the predictions league about obviously I was on holiday last week. I remember I remember doing it. I was sat around the pool. I thought, all right, I better do that now whilst it's in my head and I don't forget because we're flight. We're obviously we're on holiday Friday night, which is the first kickoff game, so I might forget if I don't do it now. And then we're flying on Saturday, so let's get it done now. And I remember sitting around the pool and I remember doing it. And I remember thinking, you know, Fulham v Liverpool. That's a tricky game because Fulham have just been promoted. But I'm going to go over a narrow Liverpool win. And then I remember. Talk, thinking about the Wolves Leeds game, and I remember thinking, right, that's probably going to be a draw. Both teams a bit unpredictable, hard to know really where they're going to stand. Palace Arsenal, I remember thinking, right, you know, usually I would go with Arsenal on that, but Palace have got Vieira, and they finished the season quite strongly last year, and you know they've got some good young players. They're going to be another season experienced and so on, so that that could be a draw. And I remember having that thought process. So then when I lo- logged in to check what was going on on the in, in the prediction score about um, maybe about, what was it? It must be about 3.20, 3.30. When I logged in to see what you'd got, I saw that I was ahead of you in the league. And I thought, like, because obviously one game had been played. And I thought to myself, well, how has that happened? Because I <laughs> predicted, I predicted a, um, a draw and obviously Arsenal won the game. And I was like, well, that that can't be right. What's happened there? And so then I looked at my predictions and I had Arsenal down to win 2-1. 
And I was like, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> and, then on a, then I, and at this point, the Liverpool, I've seen that Liverpool score was in. And the game finished 2 2. And I admit, I predicted Liverpool to win. But I predicted Liverpool to win narrowly. I think I put 2 1, maybe, or, or 1 0, or something like that. But my prediction was 4 0. I was like, there's no way I would have gone West Ham to beat Liverpool, sorry, Liverpool to beat Fulham 4-0 away from home. <laughs> then I looked at the other fixtures. I had Chelsea to beat Everton 4-0. I had, um, was it Southampton? No, what was the other random one? Um, there was another random one in there anyway. No, I can't remember what it was now, but I, mean, I, think, it might have been, I think it might have been Southampton to beat no, Leicester to beat Brentford 4-0 as well. There was like loads of 4-0 predictions. <laughs> and, I know, and I know for a fact, there's no way I've done that. And I remember thinking, right, Tottenham are going to be the first goal scorer here. They've got Southampton. They're going to win that game. That's probably the most easiest game to call this weekend. Tottenham at home to Southampton. So I remember going Tottenham with the, um, the first goal scorer. And then I looked and I had Liverpool, and I'm like, what, what has gone hit on here? So I actually genuinely believe I was hacked. But <laughs> what I can say is the hacking actually helped me because every other result I, I, that, I, that I was hacked for, I predicted wrong anyway, so it didn't make a difference. The only one that they hacked me for that, and, that, that actually made a difference was the Palace game, which actually they predicted correctly for me. So God, know, God knows what went on there. So I'm going to have to change my password before, uh, before next week. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. It's, it's just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, why would you go to all that effort just to play a game that you can play yourself? Just use your own details <laughs> and sign up. He's like, and he's done you a favour. I can't get my head around it. He's I like can't. the nicest hacker on the planet. <laughs> what are you going to do next? Hack into your bank balance and transfer you fucking five grand or something? <laughs> it's the what, strangest what? thing. What I thought it was, though, is that he's obviously one of your biggest fans. And he, and he sort of like <laughs> wants you to win the league again. But then I thought about it. If he wanted to do that, why did he not predict Fulham to beat Liverpool? That would be more like, like you know, less likely to happen. Rather I know. He's actually having a go. Like, he's, yeah, he's exactly. hacked your account to try and win it. <laughs> Minus so the odd four random 4-0 four predictions, which is yeah, strange. But what worries me about you, mate, if I'm honest is that he's randomly scattergunned these 4-0 victories, which is ridiculous, and he's still won you more points than you would have won. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the, that, that's the worrying thing. This is why I wasn't sure whether to admit this to you or not. But really, I should, really, I should have had about 25 points less than what I actually got this week. But it's just it's just so bizarre because obviously I think, I thought maybe he's predicting it correctly or they're predicting it correctly because they don't want me to notice yet and they're going to subtly change them here and there. But then what if you were doing that? Why would you put three 4 nils down? You know? Like, like, you know, maybe do a 4 nil and a 5 one and a three two or something not the same score three times like yeah it was just so bizarre unless i was really 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 drunk on another occasion which i know i wasn't because i didn't drink that much on the holiday or just i did it in my sleep but i don't know even then i don't know why i would do four nil four nil four nil so god knows what went on there i really i can't i can't explain it well, to quote your dad, let's hope he plays for you again next week because he's clearly better than you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in terms of predictions, let's make some about West Ham and the Premier League in general, okay? So let me ask you some questions, starting with the Hammers. Hammer of the year this season. Who's it going to be? Declan, again. Yeah. 
Uh, I agree. I, I just can't say, like, even against Man City, he was the best player. I wouldn't have said it was his best game, but he was the best player. He was the most influential. He won the ball numerous times, made good tackles, started attacks, should have done better with a shot at some point. But still, I, I, I think I think Declan's easily, he's, he's just head and shoulders our best player. So definitely him. I mean, Bowen will probably be a contender, although I thought he played poorly yesterday, mainly because Man City was so good. But I mean, Bowen will be up there as well. Zuma, probably, if we can look beyond Catgate now for the next season, and maybe even Skamaka. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking, actually, at the uh, Patreon polling votes for Man of the Match yesterday, because I um, wasn't going to cover that, and we should do, really. Uh, it looks like Declan did get the vote. He uh, got 56%, and then it looks like he was followed by Johnson in second place with 19%, uh, and then behind him, funnily enough, it was Skamaka. So quite a few people were uh, impressed with the time that he had, Skamaka. And I think, you know, we don't really know anything about him, do we? Um, we know what we've been told and we like his physique, his strength, uh, what we've seen so far. But if he can be consistent and he can score goals, then he'd be right up there, I think. Because football fans love a striker as well. They love a goal scorer. So if he can hit the ground running and perform consistently and score goals, then I think he will be Hammer of the Year. But a safe bet is Deck because you know what you're going to get from him week in, week out, and he's the best player we've got. So I think that's quite an easy one to predict, um, as is possibly the next one, to be honest. Top goal scorer. Yes, yeah, I think that's a bit trickier. I think Skamak is the obvious choice. Um, but then obviously it depends how much he's going to play in in comparison to Antonio. Um, and then Bowen scores quite a few goals as well. Um, so I'm going to go Skamaka, Bowen, then Antonio. Yeah, see, at the risk of creating quite boring content, I'm going to agree. I wish I could disagree, but I'm going to agree with that. Um, I think you're right. This is a horrible one, this. Um, not a nice one to answer. But for the sake of making interesting content, biggest flop, for want of a better expression. So doesn't have to be a new signing, just a player that you think at the end of the season, you look back and think, I was I was disappointed with him more than anyone else. It's always harsh, this. And this is always the one that brings out a lot of abuse um, from people that say you're, um, you've got agendas and stuff like that. But for the well, sake fuck of... Them. Just answer yeah. the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going to say Suchek again. I, ju- I just... Fuck uh, uh, <laughs> And because I love the impression every time. <laughs> so it's a, a winner each way. <laughs> Do you know, at the, at the pre-match event yesterday, I had, I think, three or four people that wanted a conversation with me as Thomas Suchek. Like, literally, <laughs> I'm morphing into him. I'm, I'm speaking more in his language and his tone of voice than I'm by myself. I'm going to forget how I fucking... I'm going to have to start doing impressions of Dave Walker soon to remind <laughs> yeah. everyone who I am. The, the disturbing thing for me yesterday was when I um, saw you with your kids and you were talking to them like that. <laughs> 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 Will you go and get me the keys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dogs are a bit confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think, I think in all seriousness though like again yesterday I thought I, I hate I don't 
Look, I like the fella. I like what he did his first season. I think he offers us a lot going um, in terms of like aerial ability, both defensively and, and attacking-wise. But he's, I feel like he's been found out. I feel like he's been found out by the Premier League in, in the sense that people know what to expect from him. Now, maybe if we had another defensive midfielder um, sitting alongside Declan and he maybe put Suchek in the Lanzini role. So like a bit like how... Moyes used to use Fellaini at Everton, so he's coming in late um, into the box. Um, and if you've got Skamaka and Suchek attacking balls in the box, then maybe his fortunes will change, maybe. But I just believe for the last season and Man City game, he, he doesn't contribute barely anything. Like The game seems to just go past him, and I don't think he offers creativity. I don't think he offers... Like he's not solid in the tackle, really. I mean, he's a, a physical presence, but he doesn't sort of nip in and win the ball. And as much as I hate saying it, because I like the fellow, I love your impressions, I love his impact from the start, I just have serious concerns that he doesn't contribute enough. Central midfield role, you cannot go missing in. And there's, there's times where I just feel like I don't feel like he's touched the ball for ages. And if he has, he hasn't really done anything with it. Um, when was the last time we saw him play a killer pass or break through from midfield and set a chance up or go unlucky with a close shot or something like that? I couldn't even tell you. So I think I'm going to go with him. Well, this is really annoying, actually, because I was going to say the same. Oh, and really? I'm sticking with the same. You have to have a go at yourself now. A <laughs> <laughs> real um, twist to this show. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Dave. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'm going to end up in a mental institution. Yeah. At this rate. Fuck me, I'm going to start talking to myself. But, but uh, no, I, I do agree. And it is sad because I love Tom. I really do. I think you spoke a lot of sense there when it, when it comes to him. Um, I also think this is make or break for him this season. I think if he doesn't perform where Moisey wants him to, to that level, then he could be sold next season because he has been linked with a, way, a, a move away this season. We have also signed another midfielder and we've also been linked with other midfielders. So I think it's quite clear that Moisey isn't putting his house on Thomas to perform at the top level this season. And I'm just not sure he's going to deliver better than what he delivered last season. So I think, with regret, I'm going to agree. And I'm going to say, Tom, which is a shame. Horrible question, horrible one to have to answer. But uh, let's hope he proves us wrong, eh? Um, let's talk about the Premier League. Who's going to win it? I think Manchester City. Uh, I think it's between them and Liverpool. I think those two are, uh, like, you know, head and shoulders, the, the better team. Um, but I think it's, uh, I think Man City showed yesterday, although Liverpool beat them in the in the charity shield, that's essentially a friendly game. I think Manchester City won the league last year. Um, and I think they'll do the same this year because they've added Haaland to it. And, I, and whilst Liverpool have added Nunes, who also looks like a good player, um, I just think Haaland's world-class. And if he, if they play how they did against us yesterday, and, you know, Haaland could have had another couple of goals. He missed a couple of chances. He should have scored, I think, in that game. So if they could play how they did yesterday, playing the ball through the defence for him to run on like he did, I think they're going to be so hard to stop. So I think Manchester City followed by Liverpool, and then to predict third and fourth place. And they didn't ask that, but that is actually quite hard. You know, I, I dare I say it, I think Spurs might get third. Um, and then I think possibly 
Chelsea fourth, and then maybe Arsenal fifth, and then I think it'll be between us, Manchester United, um, maybe Brighton. You know, again they've started the season well, uh, and, and a team like that. So. Yeah, I think I think that's a top four for me. It will be Manchester City, Liverpool, Spurs, and then Chelsea. I think. Yeah. So the top four question was coming, so I'll oh, answer it, it as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Man City. I, I think they're going to win it. I think adding Haaland. I mean, now they've nicked him for fifty million. I'll never know. I mean, he's a two hundred million pound player all day long in this market. So they've had a right touch there. But by adding him, like I said earlier on, I just think they're going to be a steam train this season. Um, so I think they're going to win it. I think Liverpool are going to come second. Uh, I don't want to put Tottenham third. I don't want to put them in the top four. Um, I think there's every chance that they could come third, but I'm going to put Chelsea third and Tottenham fourth. Um, so where do you think West Ham will finish, actually, thinking about it? Um, if, if you was to to actually give a a solid prediction in terms of number, where will we finish in the league? Uh, I'm going to go either seventh or eighth, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just we're not going to challenge the Champions League. Like, I just, I just don't think we've got the squad depth to do that unless we bring in another four or five quality players before the window shuts. So I think we're going to be challenging for Europa League, the Conference League places. Um, in the mix of that, probably going to be Manchester United. Um, I think you're going to have. Like I say, Brighton seem like they might have a good season. You know, there's it's hard to predict at this stage because there's teams like Leicester, Wolves, Forest, Aston Villa that are really hard to know what sort of season they're going to be. I think certainly Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Manchester City will finish above us. So at, at best, we're going to be able to get sixth. So yeah. I would go. I would go seventh or eighth. Yeah, I'm going to go seventh. One of the reasons, apart from the fact I think we've got a good side and I like the new signings, is because I don't think Man United are going to be a problem for us this season. I think they're going to have a terrible season, Man United. And it's not just on the back of that game against Brighton. They need to completely exodus that side. It's fucking the worst Man United side I've seen probably in my lifetime. And I, I think, honestly, I think they're going to be top 10 if they're lucky this season. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I really do think they're going to struggle. I mean, they finished, well, just about finished sixth last season. Um, I think they're, they're in real trouble. They really are. In terms of what you would expect from a Man United side um, and, you know, creeping into the top 10 is a disaster for Man United. But that's what I think they're up against this season. Do I think we would then jump into the sixth place? No, probably not. But we won't be far off, I don't think. So I think we're going to have a similar season to what we had last season in the Premier League and finish seventh, is my yeah. prediction. Uh, who are you giving the FA Cup to? Uh, let's give it to Liverpool. Let's do one for Man City and one for Liverpool. I think, obviously, Liverpool still got Salah, who's just signed a new deal and obviously scored at the weekend. I think Nunes is a good signing. Um, I think they've got a good team, Liverpool, and they're almost unlucky in the sense that they could dominate English football if it wasn't for the fact that Manchester City are so good. So I think I'll give that to Liverpool. Yeah, and what you give League Cup to Man City? Uh, yeah, they always, tell, apart from the, the last year when we knocked them out, they always tend to do well in that, don't they? So, yeah, I'll go Man City in the League Cup. Okay. I'm going to do the same bit in reverse. So, I'm going to give City the FA Cup and uh, Liverpool the League Cup, I think. Okay. Interesting one. Who's getting relegated? Yeah, this is tough. This is really tough, this one, because there's about five or six teams that could be a bit of a chance. I think Southampton are a worry. Um, obviously, yes. they got battered at the weekend. I mean, I, mean, I think they were 
I think they were expected to lose that, but they lost quite convincingly. I look at Southampton's team. They haven't got Brozier again this year, who was who was important for them last year. They got Ward Prowse. But when I look through that team, none of their players really stand out for me. None of their signings particularly excite me. So I think Southampton are going to struggle, even though they won at the weekend. I think Bournemouth, I look at their squad and... Again, there's no one really there that stands out for me. I think Fulham are going to struggle. Uh, I think, I think possibly another team that you don't suspect someone like a Leicester or a Wolves or a Brentford, someone that's been reasonably safe last year or Aston Villa. There's always a team like that that sort of you don't think are going to, and then they have a bad season or Everton. You know, there's teams like that. So, but I think I'm going to go. If I have to predict the three, I think I'm going to go Southampton, Fulham. Not in this particular order. In fact, I'm going to do it in the order. I'm going to go Fulham bottom, Bournemouth nineteenth, and Southampton eighteenth. Snap. I would have really? said exactly the same. Same three teams. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same three teams. Uh, I, I really, I, I don't think Southampton have anything to offer, to be honest. I don't think they've done well in the window when they needed to. They haven't got Brozier. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think their manager's quite popular over there, but I, I don't know. As another season passes, I'm not sure the players are, are going to play for him as they should do. And I just don't think they've got the quality, to be honest. I know they got battered and it's it sounds reactionary, but I think that's sign of the times with Southampton. I think they've been sort of treading water for a long time now. Um, and recruitment has been phenomenal, really, when you look at Southampton as a football club and their academy is decent as well. But then inevitably they've had to sell these um, diamonds in the rough that they found. And I think we've now hit a bit of a brick wall with Southampton where I, I don't think they found the next one. So I do think they're going to struggle and I do think they're going to go down. Uh, and I agree. Bournemouth, I, I think, is possibly the easiest answer out of all of them, possibly. Fulham, I wasn't too sure, you know. Part of me thinks their home form might get them out of trouble. But then I, I don't know who I would replace them with. So I'm going to stick with Fulham. So we agree on that as well. We're going to, we're going to say that those three are going to go. Um, and as always, patrons, uh, let us know what you think. Always good to have the interaction. Right, it's time to see what's what from the man who knows a lot. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows, so you can do this. And this doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.